Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome to Crypto Karma. This is Nick Green, and we are always moving at the speed of crypto. It has been a very long week. It is the week of September 28th. Things are moving fast, and we are getting closer and closer to seeing some pretty amazing profits, in my opinion, as October is always up October. September is accumulating. Everything moves in cycles from the stock market to the crypto market. So in the market, looking at prices, down. Boy, is Bitcoin down so much, it crashed all the way to $42,000. So really not bad at all, but in a traditional world, it's scary for people that don't understand the volatility. And before you know it, we'll be talking about Bitcoin being above $100,000. Mark my words. Ethereum 2800, another big drop from just about $3,000, but it didn't break that trend line going up. We had quite a bit of a sell-off over the past week. And of course, a lot of it has to do with some different news. How's the news affecting things? Dogecoin, 20 cents. Chainlink, a steal at $22. I think anything under 30 bucks on Chainlink is a really good price. And then, of course, Matic is hanging out just over a dollar at a dollar seven. It did drop a little bit to below a dollar, which is a great price to accumulate this and to have a long-term plan. So what has happened? Well, the news of the week that crashed Bitcoin is no, Bitcoin is not dead. That's 99 problems Bitcoin has, but being dead is not one. I got 99 problems, but China has declared cryptocurrency transactions to be illegal. China has denounced Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. It has made it illegal to trade, made it illegal to purchase it, to sell it in the past a couple of times. So the market is not really that afraid of it. But let me explain what that basically means. China's central bank went even a step further this time, and they announced that all transactions of cryptocurrencies are illegal, banning all digital tokens, not just Bitcoin. Virtual currency-related businesses and activities are illegal financial activities, says the People's Bank of China, warning it seriously endangers the safety of people's assets. Well, I'm sure when the Chinese People's Bank of China says they're doing something to protect the safety of their people, you could trust them. One of the most trusted banks in the world. China is also one of the world's largest cryptocurrency markets. Fluctuations there often do impact the global price of cryptocurrencies, but it is also keeping Ripple afloat at the same time. So when they made this announcement, the price of Bitcoin fell more than $2,000, which would be a lot, but considering you're at like $45,000, it's not that much anyway. It is the latest in China's national crackdown on what it sees as a volatile speculative investment, and it is a great way to launder money, which we all know is not true as the US dollar is responsible for 90% of money laundering worldwide that people actually catch. I think there's a big reason you can't buy drugs, you can't buy weapons and do all these things off the grid with digital coins or crypto because it's all traceable. But this way, the government could keep things, uh, the cycles moving, so to speak. You're not going to be using your ATM card to, to buy weapons or drugs or anything.
something that is illegal in one state, not another. It's a way to keep certain economies going. And of course, there's asset seizure by police departments for cash. So they could just call it drug money, even if you don't have a receipt, or that's especially a good reason for them to say so. Cryptocurrency was officially banned in China since 2019 to be traded. So what happened is that people there have used VPNs and have been trading through foreign exchanges. That's all that happened. The money shifted off of China to other exchanges. But this year, there's been a big crackdown on this double banned Bitcoin. In May, Chinese state institutions warned buyers they would have no protection for continuing to trade Bitcoin and other currencies online as government officials will increase the pressure on the banking industry. In June, it told banks and payment platforms to stop facilitating transactions on and issued a ban on mining. So that means that you cannot send money to your exchange. They don't want the bank to enable it. They are really trying to have more control over their people. Remember, this is China that has a social credit platform where they are monitoring everybody and you get judged by it. If you get a drunk driving, you get a DUI. I'm sure in China, they'll probably just execute you. But if you do something different, if you're a bad guy on the road, you drive like a maniac, you you don't follow a certain law, they could actually curtail your spending on an airport, train, whatever it is. And I think the fact that China said that they are going to have a digital dollar, they could control it a lot better than they can with cash. They can't control cash and they cannot control Bitcoin because that's what Bitcoin does. It is uncontrollable. However, they will be able to control what you spend through their own digital dollar. So with China being in the news behind Bitcoin, the lesson here to learn is not to be afraid of China or any other country because they really cannot ban Bitcoin. They could put restrictions on their users. They use VPNs. They go out of the country on exchanges, which many people in the United States do, Canada, you name it. There is always a way around it because that is what crypto was designed for. It was designed during a financial crisis to help the average people, even though, of course, institutions are the ones now manipulating the price a little bit more. According to Bloomberg, which of course has got the attention and they are kind of in the middle when it comes to Bitcoin, they claim that even the People's Bank of China cannot kill the Bitcoin FOMO. And what's bad for crypto is apparently good despite what traditional evidence would be. So the cryptocurrency crowd wasted no time in dancing on the grave of China's FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt, as the Bloomberg News has to point out, that last week's move by the People's Bank of China to ban crypto transactions and mining really hurt the price and impact on on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other currencies. However, they've rebounded almost their entire drop, which was probably a maximum of 10% on some coins and is now in the negative 2% range based on this week's performance. The bulls had the latest attempt by Beijing to crack down on crypto, the seventh by research firm Fundstress Calculations. The seventh time they crack down on Bitcoin, they will fail to throttle an asset that bypasses borders and banking systems. They also hope that what seems bad for crypto will prove to be good, meaning advocates are using China's ban as ammunition to promote an opportunity for America. They can lead the way for a more permissive approach to cryptocurrency. This looks like the kind of warp logic that paints Bitcoin mining as a green form of energy use. Well, 75% of mining is green energy, renewable energy, even as it breathes new life into aging fossil fuel power plants. What's bad for crypto sometimes really is just bad in the real world. The jury may be out on whether this ban will be more successful than previous ones, but painting it as a way for the US to steal a march on China is a stretch. The Biden administration made it clear 
clear. It sees all cryptocurrencies as fuel for ransomware, a vehicle for fraud and a potential threat to financial stability and post-COVID reconstruction. Of course, build back better because he has the people's interest in mind more than anything else. The crypto industry has attempted to plead for more lenient treatment as a poke in China's eye in the past. Mark Zuckerberg, of course, came to the defense of the Libra project, which ended up not coming to fruition, at least not yet, which was a digital asset uh, to be used as a tipping service and actual monetary token to be used on Facebook and Facebook Marketplace. So the regulation is really something that is up for grabs. And of course, there is nothing but BS and lies that comes out of every politician's mouth and the Fed when it comes to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That is 100% the routine. They say something bad and they want to get news bite or a little clickbait out there as far as what their opinion is on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. But the truth is that they own Bitcoin themselves. China owns a bunch of Bitcoin. When the crash happened subsequently later, China, through different investment vehicles, owns hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin. They're not stupid. They just don't want other people to succeed. That's really what the difference is. You know, our silliness that we talked about before with the SEC kind of going after Coinbase, saying that they couldn't lend against crypto assets for no good reason when other companies like Nexo do. And they also say that they have a problem with airdrops, which is basically free money and with high return investments on their stable coins, et cetera, which is very difficult to accept because it's more money than a bank. So it kind of says the SEC is not here for the protection of the people, but they're really here for the protection of the big banks who feel threatened by cryptocurrency. And they should. They've been screwing people for a long time. The fact is cryptocurrency is definitely not the best actor out there. There have been roughly $80 million in scams using cryptocurrency that people have lost their money on, right? 80 million, it's a big number. However, overdraft fees and late fees and account fees as penalties from banks have reached $12 billion. So you tell me what a bigger scam is. The fact that some idiot sends Ethereum to somebody else hoping to get two back, maybe they think it's Elon Musk, who knows, or your B of A or Wells Fargo that is holding on to your money, using your money to hedge against other investments. And then depending on when you get a check that deposits that doesn't clear, they very well can charge you a fee while they are holding your check. Because again, when you make a deposit, they could instantly verify the money is there, but banks take your money and they use it to make interest on other investments and even to support their um, their assets. So your deposits are really benefiting the bank the first few days. And then if they could catch you with not having enough liquidity, you get fined again. So there, there's a cycle here, $12 billion. There's a big reason why banks are scared. Their highest profit margin does not come from mortgages because most of them are not allowed to service mortgages anymore after the fallout in 2008 and 2009, they make their money on fees. That's literally the model for banks. And if you have enough money for them to use, you make enough deposits for them to use for hedging, well, then you get the benefits and no fees. But other than that, the average person is really out there earning a bank's living by paying these fees on their accounts. It's incredible. That's why we don't trust banks. And that is what they're afraid of. And in the news, so the threat against banks is what leads us to more in the news on Crypto Karma. Coinbase, which is the largest exchange in America for cryptocurrency, is making some big progress. And by that, I mean, they are offering even more services 
to their customers. This is one that I think is pissing off the SEC as well, because you can now get your paycheck deposited directly into Coinbase. So check this out. What Coinbase is doing is over the next few weeks, they're rolling out the ability for customers in the United States to deposit their entire paycheck into Coinbase to make more easily, readily available crypto trades. You could spend money on your Coinbase card, which earns you rewards in cryptocurrency. I have one of those cards. So just by having money there, and using it on a card, letting them use your money to trade, you are able to get crypto rewards, which is free crypto. And you get paid in crypto or in US dollars and deposit as much or as little of your paycheck as you want. So payroll and paycheck, if there are no fees involved, which is what they claim, this is much more attractive than a bank. You could get your paycheck perhaps in the mail and have it deposited instantly to Coinbase. And what it does is not just lets you buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, it also gives you incentives such as rewards on the uh, stablecoin and whatever your holdings are in Coinbase. There's many reasons why customers make frequent transfers into Coinbase to make short of long-term investments, to earn interest on yield generating assets and to fund everyday purchases with the Coinbase card. However, customers tell us that making frequent transfers is time consuming and convenient. Sometimes your bank has fees that it's, it is a pain in the butt. Now you'll save time on the extra steps it takes to move money so you can immediately earn interest on your income or earn crypto rewards with your Coinbase card. Plus you'll pay zero transaction fees on direct deposit funds. So you have instant and free money on Coinbase. Well, it's your money. You just don't have to pay a fee on in order to get more cryptocurrency. So maintain full control. Stay in control of your money by depositing as little or as much of your paycheck. Get paid in any of the 100 plus crypto available on Coinbase or in US dollars. You could choose to get paid in crypto so you can make recurring buys or earn interest on your income, such as getting paid in USDC, DAI, or other interest yielding assets. Or you could choose to get paid in US dollars to use for your Coinbase card. So it is very, very cool. This is the future and what's happening. And this is Coinbase making crypto available for everybody. And it goes to our tip of the week. Coinbase is providing 5% APY staking on your Ethereum. So the catch is you have to be a Coinbase customer. They have to approve you. Then you could move your Ethereum to be staked. And as long as you don't touch it, I want to say it's 12 months or 24 months, then you are earning 5% on it, which is more than any bank out there. So no checking or savings account is giving you this kind of reward. That is what scares banks and makes this so attractive. So imagine if everybody was getting away from a 2% or 3% return, which they get in their normal accounts or even less, half a percent, if they're not an investor and buying real estate, moving money around a lot, well, then they're just wasting money and they're letting the banks use it and take advantage. So this is a way for the customer to get control of their money, to make money despite the SEC's approach to protect us from ourselves, earn interest and be involved in the world of cryptocurrency. Because remember, this is the wealth of the next generation. It's the wave of the future. It is the future of money. It is undeniable at this point, And now it is just being facilitated facilitated by the billion dollar company Circle, which owns Coinbase. I highly suggest you check out this feature, stake your ETH, get an interest on it. It is going to be 10,000 one day. Ethereum could very well be 100,000 in the coming years. It is a multifaceted blockchain that is used by Fortune 500 companies. There is no reason not to stake your ETH on there. That has been the tip of the week. God bless Coinbase and cryptocurrency. So speaking of taking advice, here on Crypto Karma, we like to hold people to their word. And what's funny is my advice is always to follow the money. But a lot of people will look up to a major CEO, such as 
Jamie Dimon of JP Morgan Chase. He recently said that the price of Bitcoin can do a 10x over the next five years. So he said this when Bitcoin's around $50,000, meaning he sees it being worth half a million dollars per Bitcoin over the next 10 years. Here's what's really funny. And what's funny is what Jamie Dimon said back in 2017. I, I could care less what Bitcoin trades for, how it trades, why it trades, who trades it. If you're stupid enough to buy it, you'll pay the price for it one day. You heard Jamie Dimon say, if you're stupid enough to buy Bitcoin, you'll pay the price one day. 2017, really interesting because it seems like the price you'll pay is a profit in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. So this guy, Jamie, not only is price of Bitcoin from 2017 insane higher. But over the past couple of years, he said his kids and daughter bought Bitcoin. I think it was on Good Morning America, said he feels sorry for his daughter for buying into a Ponzi scheme. And the price of Bitcoin dropped substantially after he denounced it the next morning because online records are online records. It was discovered that JP Morgan purchased about $30 million worth of Bitcoin when it was under $10,000 by enforcing a dip because, of course, they are the largest investment banking firm in America. So not to be mistaken with BlackRock or the guys that really control things. However, it, words mean a lot. Words could move the market just like Elon Musk does with Dogecoin, Floki, Shiba, and Bitcoin itself, even though he hasn't tweeted about that for a while. Jamie Dimon really just lives in a world of hypocrisy. The truth is, a couple years ago, he admitted to his company owning a ton of Bitcoin and possibly mining, though they wouldn't confirm it. He would not confirm how much, did not comment or confirm about buying his self-inflicted dip, and now believes that basically Bitcoin's the future and the only thing that's going to give him a return of a 10x. Follow the money. If JP Morgan is putting millions and millions of dollars into it, there's no reason why you and I cannot put in a few thousand bucks in order to make some pretty good cash or a good return. But crypto's here to stay, and Jamie Dimon is definitely an enforcer of that battle. See a Bitcoin maximalist? Probably. I don't see him buying Solana or XRP, but then he's been in this a few years. So it might really surprise us how good he really can be. Don't take everybody's word at face value. Do your own research as always, and get ready for the coin of the week. Coin of the week, everyone should have an eye on, is Chillas. The tag, the ticker, is CHZ. Quick performance, how this guy has done a 20x in 2021. This year alone, BTC is up only 70%, but they have a big tie to the UFC. This is something I'm long on. I think if they do what they're supposed to do and deliver something usable, then the UFC has a huge, huge, huge fan base. So a proof of work of Chillas working with the UFC is that an entire MMA fight was made possible through the wizardry of fast emerging blockchain technology and one particular platform, Socios, which is a unit of the company Chillas, where sports fans can use the increasingly popular genre of cryptocurrencies known as fan tokens in order to vote. So some lucky crypto traders have made a fortune betting on Chillas in-house token, CHC, which did a 20-fold this year alone to a previously unthinkable market capitalization of $2.3 billion dollars. That is a huge, huge grow. That compares with 70% year-to-date for Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency, as you all know, and a tripling in the price of Ethereum. So in the case of this fight, and the matchup was basically chosen by fans who purchased PFL-related tokens via Socios. They voted on who they wanted to see square off on the event, which was on ESPN+. The fan token sold out in under 10 minutes, raising half a million dollars in the initial launch. So pretty 
exciting because this puts control back into the consumers and it shows an actual use case of the blockchain and fairness. When it comes to cryptocurrencies, there's no way to avoid the notorious price volatility. Chillas is based in Malta which is where Binance just recently had their headquarters, and they recently burned about $800,000 worth of tokens. They actually are generating revenue. They had an impressive third quarter earnings report, and they have a business model that is combining sports with cryptocurrency. Two very big communities, something definitely worthwhile to keep an eye on and to do your own research. But knowing that they have a working partnership with the UFC, CHZ's Chillas is something that you need to have as a part of your long portfolio and keep a real good eye on. And this is Crypto Karma's Bitcoin around the world. Bitcoin over banks? Well, that is the question in El Salvador's. Almost a third of El Salvadorians, or about 2 million people, are actively using the state-issued Shivo Bitcoin wallet. According to the awesome president, the dictator, as we all know him, Nayib Bukele, if the figure is accurate, that means more people are using cryptocurrency than any particular bank in El Salvador, less than 30 days of Bitcoin becoming a legal tender. Remember, a couple other countries are looking at this as well. They're going to follow El Salvador's lead and see exactly where it leaves us. Really interesting. Then a quick fallout, of course, of the authorities in China's inner Mongolia province sees 10,000 crypto mining rigs from a government operated tech park. That's really interesting because this comes right after the officials announced a crackdown on crypto trading and mining. On Sunday of last week, Hubo, H-U-O-B-I Global, announced that it would stop serving existing users in China by the end of the year. So they're afraid of China in some fashion, but they're going to comply and cut off Chinese residents from trading on one of the world's largest cryptocurrency platforms. Going green, Singapore startup Cyberdyne Tech Exchange, it sounds like something from a creepy movie, sold its first tranche of carbon neutrality tokens backed by Chinese carbon credits. Interesting, some intrinsic value to these things. And this was according to a press release on Monday that these carbon neutrality tokens, or CNT, correspond to 5,000 metric tons of carbon credits generated by a wind project in Zhengkou. Separately, sustainable Bitcoin mining company CleanSpark moved its entire hash rate to Foundry Digital's North American mining pool and out of China. Well, that's very interesting. Speaking of moving, this one not in China, but one of our favorite exchanges that is making some big moves in the crypto community is FTX. FTX, remember, has FTX.us. And the derivatives exchange, FTX, has officially moved its headquarters from Hong Kong to, wait for it, the Bahamas amid increasing regulatory scrutiny worldwide. So what that means is that China now owns Hong Kong and they are cracking down on exchanges, but Bahamas doesn't care as long as you pay money. Binance Exchange, under fire from financial watchdogs, is restricting its use in Singapore. Villar Ventures, a third prime in Castle Island, led a $15 million raise into Africa-focused exchange Yellow Card. Finally, decentralized exchanges, or also known as DEXs, are seeing growing volumes in the aftermath of China's crypto crackdowns. Basically, this means that you cannot stop crypto. And lastly, Cardano, everyone's favorite token after Doge, as it's uh, about the trend and you're supposed to trade the trend. Emergo, which is the commercial venture arm of Cardano, is investing $100 million to boost DeFi, NFTs, and blockchain education efforts for the world's fourth largest blockchain. Meanwhile, 
Cardano founder, Charles Hoskinson, who is from Colorado and just at the Cardano event in Los Angeles, he donated $20 million to Carnegie Mellon University to establish the Hoskinson Center for Formal Mathematics. That is how much money he has. $20 million went to a university for a math center because he is a mathematician. Not enough people do math. Let's do the math. Lastly, Dish Network is looking to use Cardano to provide digital identity services and a new partnership with Input Output, which is Cardano's parent company. So a long-lasting relationship of Dish Network and Cardano, that could really mean to some intrinsic value, real proof of work, and blockchain integration in the real world. Is Cardano a good bet and going to see to 10 bucks? I think so. This episode of Crypto Karma has been brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Check out NectarJuiceBar.com for nothing but the freshest taste. It's healthy. It's good for you. You have to get those boosts. Sadly, watermelon is gone but they have their new pumpkin spice everything season for all the pumpkin pollocks out there. Nectarjuicebar.com. Get yours. Stay healthy. Strike hard and strike fast. Remember, we're always moving at the speed of crypto. Be good at crypto. It will be good to you. Explore the cryptocurrency universe with Nick Green on Crypto Karma. Learn about Bitcoin and blockchain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. Buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency. Crypto Karma is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Nectar is fresh at its best. Live life to the freshest with Nectar. Crypto Karma. Strike first, strike fast. Saturday at 9 a.m. on KPPF. And hear the podcast on Podbean.